This is the Catholic Money Mastermind Podcast, the show where we explore the intersection of our faith and finances. You can learn more about our organization at catholicfinancialplanners.com. Please note that nothing in this episode should be construed as investment tax or legal advice. Good morning. This is the Catholic Money Mastermind Podcast. My name is Anthony Guzman, Certified Financial Planner. And we have with me as my co-host, Tyler Hackenberg. And today we have a special guest who I'll go ahead and quickly introduce. We have Matthew Pinto, who's been at the forefront of multiple Catholic initiatives uh, since the early 1990s. And today we're talking about adventure and this broad topic of crypto. We're excited to have him join us. Um, Matt, go ahead and just introduce yourself to the to the group here and we'll I'll follow up with some just questions about what you're up to these days. Great, great. Well, Anthony and Tyler, it's good to be with you. Uh, it's the first I've heard of your uh, your group, your organization. I love any Catholic initiative, uh, and uh, it sounds like this is a really clever idea that you guys have to kind of pull together this this mastermind of of Catholic financial planners and and others in the financial world and financial markets. And I just think uh, fruit will come from it. The Lord blesses. Initiative. I love the parable of the talents, and you guys are attempting to to really do something with your talents. So good for you. Great. Well, the topic of today's to- uh, you know conversation has to do with crypto, which is uh, has a lot of just. Um, we'd love to just unpack it if you could for us, Matt, and talk about how that maybe affects our faith and what we do on a day to day basis, not only now but into the future. Yeah, well, that last question is really what, what we're going to be unpacking you know, at the conference specifically. Um, let me start by saying I'm not an expert on crypto, but I'm very conversant. If uh, Analogously, if you were to put me in Spain, uh, I could totally converse in the language. And uh, so, so someone asked me about a week ago, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's my knowledge, technical knowledge of the field and, and uh, maybe working knowledge? And I said my technical knowledge is maybe a 3 but my conversantness is uh, seven, and uh, so the the. But that really is, you know, I'm a giant among you know small people, and I can say that as a small person. Um, by that I mean only about three percent, it seems, of the people you'll meet later on today, and the people you'll meet all this week are conversant in crypto. So my being a seven, you know, usually works here. So. Uh, one thing I would start by saying, Anthony and Tyler, is when anyone hears the word crypto or cryptocurrency, you should really have um, one big kind of shakeup uh, in understanding. When I and a few million people use the word crypto, we really mean it in the broad definition of this whole digital assets world. Um, it started out as cryptocurrency with the creation of Bitcoin, and the word stuck. But it's really rooted in cryptology, and cryptology has now been applied to a whole host of, uh, of other creations. So when I speak of crypto, and anyone listens today and hearing the word crypto, it means Web 3.0. It means non-fungible tokens. It's connected to blockchain. It's, it's connected to something called decentralized finance, uh, the metaverse. So we're really looking at a at a at an industry that has been born. And uh, many, many people think that it's not the next big thing like a fad. Um, it's the next big tech wave, potentially on par with the internet itself of 25 years ago. 
Yeah, and one thing that really helped me in thinking about it is when the internet was getting started, you had all these startups that boomed, like Pets.com was a huge thing that because it really wasn't well thought of, it really bombed and the dot-com bust because of the non um usable nature of some of the things where anytime there's something new there are going to be actors in there that hey this isn't really sustainable but trying to jump on the bandwagon um but then what's once you shake it a little bit eventually there's something there that will potentially stand yeah i mean let me let me echo that you know by a factor of 10 um you know people speak about the dot-com bomb and as if it's a gotcha, ha, gotcha. Wait a second. The, the internet was probably a top three success in the past 200 years. Let's not forget that you and I are speaking today on the internet. And I have, I have 5,000 songs on this little device due to the internet. And uh, the internet has changed everything. It is one of the greatest success stories in human history. So people, again, often bring up um, those things, and I'm not saying that you brought it up. You brought it up as an example of, of what people say. Uh, but they bring it up in a, in a kind of gotcha type of sense, missing the forest for the trees, that the Internet was unbelievably successful. So analogously, people say, and I'm still, it's still a work in progress uh, for me, but people say that, sure, you're going to have many crypto projects that fail. Sure, you're going to have Bitcoin go like this, and people laugh at it. But if we're talking about a true technological leap forward, which, which I think we are, with this, this ability to transmit value in such a unique way, um, Michael Saylor, one of the Bitcoin um, evangelists, points out that he transferred a billion dollars in Bitcoin around the world. His cost was either 13 cents or $13. I think it was 13 cents. And he did it instantly. Whereas if you had done that through traditional banking, it would take two weeks and it would probably cost you $50,000 or, or more. So there is a technological sea change that is happening and people can laugh at it all they want. Um, but I think they're going to they're gonna find that they are substantially behind where the world is moving. And does it mean that all crypto projects are going to succeed? Of course not. The majority of projects are going to not succeed. Um but they're going to be. There's an industry that is likely going to succeed. Talk to me then about just your evolution of when you first heard about this and how you got involved, and when did it click that hey, maybe Catholics should be paying attention to this new space? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, Anthony, let me let me say, I so love the church. I so believe the propositions of the church, and it's not due to blind faith. This is thirty years of reading, studying, prayer. I believe that any chance um, I can see the church move forward, that's where my heart is. I love the church. I think I'm going to, I've been working full time 30 years. God willing, I'm going to work 30 years more. So that's a starting point. So as soon as crypto started to, um, I started to go down the rabbit hole. And this rabbit hole is deep and wide. Um, it wasn't but a matter of months where I, I thought of, you know, how can this be used for the church? How can this be used by the Lord for the temporal advancement of the kingdom and the common good? The church has this phrase, the common good. 
And so I think it was a short time after. So my evolution was in 2017, I had a conversation at a, a Legatus dinner meeting with, um, with the person sitting next to me. I asked him about Bitcoin. I had heard about it. And this person's eyes lit up because he was already, you know, down the rabbit hole. And so he shared with me. And then I, I threw my secretary because I was had a day job and I wasn't overly tech patient, um, meaning you know, it was much easier for me to just ask some staff members to, to do these things. It was, you know, it was just a better use of my time at that time. And so I bought a little bit of Bitcoin and then I forgot about it for four years. And then after I stepped down from leadership and ownership of Ascension, um, I was the founder of Ascension uh, 23 years earlier and served as its president for 23 years. I, um, I began to explore uh, crypto again. I actually think it somehow came to me, and I can't remember. I'm almost tempted to think maybe it was Providence that put it back into my life. Not fully sure about that, but I'm curious about that. So I started a year and a half ago really going down the rabbit hole and uh, watching videos, reading books, going to conferences. And um, it just dawned on me that if, 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 if it is as big as many people in Silicon Valley and New York City, the financial markets and the tech markets are saying that we Catholics need to be there. So it was only a matter of maybe another six months or so before I um, began to think about the idea of, of, of a conference, mm-hmm. uh, which I did in about March or so of this year. So not very long ago, March of 2002, maybe April, somewhere in that range. And um I needed to put together quickly, and we've put together a doozy. We've got 30 uh, presenters, uh, 42 seminars, uh, two days. It's going to be quite an event, but we can get back to that later. Yeah, we'll make sure that it gets plugged in. But what do you think? I know there's going to be a lot of discussion as far as you know those of, of faith, the leaders of ministries of how it might apply. Uh, but what are just a few just uh, case ideas or just ways yeah. that you think the church can apply some of these technologies into what we do day to day to serve others. Sure, sure. And I'll give maybe four or five, but I'll make the point that towards the end of the conference, uh, Anthony and Tyler, we're going to stop all action and we're going to have the audience move into five different focus groups, strategy sessions. And each of the groups are going to address a different question, one question. How can the church use blockchain? How can the church use NFTs? How can the church use cryptocurrency? How can the church respond to the metaverse and Web3? And and our goal is to come out with um, the collective wisdom of people there. And I think we're going to come out with 50 to 75 ideas from this conference that we're going to gift to church, uh, the church. We're going to gift to humanity and uh, run with them. You know, whoever thinks that there's a good idea there, run with it. And so... Um, but just some of the ideas, I mean, one of the most obvious is someone needs to put uh, our church sacramental records uh, on the blockchain um, because, you know, these are important records. And God forbid there's a fire in, in the church. And now there's no record potentially of, of my baptism. And uh, so, again, that's a little bit extreme, but uh, putting them on a blockchain, you know, an immutable or semi-immutable blockchain uh, is um, – is a very good thing. Someone uh, came to me not too long ago with the idea of putting the catechism on a blockchain to really kind of lock down, you know, what the church teaches. I'm not going to run with that idea, but um, it's uh, certainly an idea. And someone, I, I'm not going to run with it just for for you know other reasons. Um, uh, just, uh, but but I encouraged you know you know these ideas. These are these are good ideas. 
Um, another idea um, someone uh, you know shared is the heating churches with Bitcoin miners because they generate a lot of heat, and uh, you really could generate a lot of heat um, in church. Some of these big old structures, and you could be adding Bitcoin to the parish's balance sheet in the process. And uh, there was another idea. Um, oh, I have to think. Uh, it was really clever. So I just think we're going to come up with a whole host of clever ideas and we're going to uh, pray that the Holy Spirit puts them in the hearts and minds of people and that they run. Uh, gentlemen, this conference, um, I had a pit in my stomach a number of times over the past number of months realizing, oh, was this a mistake? And and But I've received so many calls from so many people uh, who are just intrigued. Some guy, in fact, let me pull this up if you don't mind. It'll take me a second, but it might be might be worth it. Uh, my son just sent me this last night, and uh, if you don't mind, I, I think it would be worth it. But oh, here it is. So, someone sent uh, a tweet to our account last night. It said, I often struggle with my faith and working in Web3. Mm-hmm. While I see this as the future, Web3, I pray not if I should be in the space, but how I can create the biggest impact through my actions. It's hard. Today, I found Catholic Crypto, and I, I want to speak. Uh, what topics are you covering? And so, um, but we're meeting many people who are in these spaces who are just amazed at the idea of maybe merging these ideas together. So I think, I think um, any technology can be used for good or evil. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to have the church to have a seat at this table to mitigate misuses, but to leverage that which is morally neutral or good. And so, um, so I'm hopeful. There is no uh, first con- first year conference that's perfect, but We've assembled some really good people, really smart people, and uh, from the secular world and from the Catholic world, about 30% of our speakers are not Catholic, but we're really going to give a gift to the church, I think. Yeah, and I think part of what you were saying in the uh, overall um, marketing of the crypto conference was, imagine if this would have happened in the 1990s with the internet and how forward-looking the church could be. Yeah. So did that play into your idea on creating the conference? Uh, it did, Tyler. It really was the crux uh, point uh, that you make. And that was the reason. And guys, I got to tell you, as I shared, I debated doing this. I had built up a you know pretty good reputation running Ascension, founding Ascension. And uh, I knew it would kind of look whack uh, until people began to understand why. And Tyler, that very line is a, is a line that I've been sharing with people that had someone grabbed me by the lapels and and Bishop Johnson and Bishop Smith and Father Johnson and Father Smith and all these ministry heads out that exist in the church in 1995 and said, yo, guys, you don't understand what's coming. Um, Sure, there was uh, some initial Catholic efforts. I would call them modest. The church even came out with an official statement from the Vatican early, like 1995. That's good. But I'm talking water in our face saying, Yo, guys, let me connect the dots for you here. So that, at the end of the day, compelled me to take this risk, and it and it was a risk. It was a financial risk. It is a financial risk, and um, but we're getting a good turnout. But it's been uh, it's been a lot of hard work. Um, our tagline is "Let the conversation begin." What I've said to a few people, Anthony and Tyler, is that even if we got 75 people, and we're going to get much more than that, we already have much more than that registered, but even if we were to get 75 people, it would be worth it. 
to let the conversation begin. And uh, so I, I would humbly ask those who are listening, um, please, would you say just one prayer for the conference? It, again, it won't be perfect, but it's really going to be good. Thanks. Yeah. And we, we want to make sure to pl- plug in those details here soon. I have one question as far as what you are more most particularly excited about um, as even as as a father and here on the show we all have uh, children ourselves as far as this new technology and just yeah what are you what are you looking forward to or excited about in this technology and then as a parent do do you have any concerns or just things that you want to be watchful of as these uh, new new developments uh, take place. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So I'm intrigued by the decentralization aspect of this, um, where a lot of these projects are decentralized, meaning they're distributed on, on, uh, you know, multiple computers in a, in a wide kind of uh, connected, but uh, non-centralized way. And, and it really upholds the, the network from, again, I'm learning um, from what I understand Bitcoin in particular uh, being decentralized uh, it really can't be stopped. It can be regulated. But as long as there are two computers in the world and as long as there's electricity, uh, two people can exchange with each other. Um, you know, so I- I'm intrigued with uh, decentralization. I'm intrigued with Bitcoin itself, uh, the finite supply, 21 million, uh, you know, outside of very unique situations. It can't be inflated. It, it becomes a, a it, it exhibits the properties of money. I think there are six properties of money. Some people differ on the number. It exhibits those six properties of money potentially better than anything that has ever existed. I mean, these are bold statements. And again, I'm still learning and I'm still, I'm, I'm getting there, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm not fully there yet. But um, the asymmetrical reward uh, seems uh, far greater than the risk um, because if it's right, it's going to be really, really right. And, um, you know, many contend that it is the hardest money in human history. Hard money means money hard to get, like gold out of the ground. Well, Bitcoin mining and the upholding of the network, from again, what I understand, the, the most powerful computer network that exists in the world. I mean, this is hard money. And there should be a magnetic magnetic pull, even if it's slow, even if it's so slow that we're missing it, towards the hardest money, just like water goes towards um, the lowest point. And so I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm intrigued with that. In terms of concerns, well, I mean, every technology has its concern. The dollar bill itself is used for money laundering and, and all types of things. The internet, the first successful businesses, from what I understand, were pornography businesses. Should we have shut down you know, our, our use of the internet at that point? Because you know, it was used for evil purposes. Well, then that would have been short-sighted. And think of all the the, the good that wouldn't have happened. Um, and again, these technologies. Uh, we have one speaker at the conference, Bud McFarland Jr., who really is going to make the case that that a lot of this um, tethering and slaving, uh, in a sense, to technology is dehumanizing. And he's going to he's going to make a, a you know contrarian argument against a lot of technology to begin with. And, and that should be heard. Uh, so I, I think there are dangers there. But if you're prayerful, if you're discerning, if you're guarding your heart, prayerful, discerning, guarding your heart, uh, the Lord's not a masochist. He's not playing games with us. He will lead us, I believe, to the discernments that, that we need. 
So I know there's a lot of people maybe hearing of sort of these terms for the first time. Do you have any advice for maybe any any particular families or households who have heard of this um, crypto thing, this Bitcoin thing, and they want to learn more but don't know where to start? Where do they go? And then if they actually have the um, uh, ability to go, we can then talk about um, where this conference is taking place and uh, the yeah. logistics of making it there. Sure, sure. Well, the conference will also be live streamed. We are we have four tracks, and I know we're not talking about the conference yet, but this answers your question. We have four tracks. One of the tracks is an intro track. It's for those new to crypto, which will be you know the overwhelming majority of people. Um, so we we have like seven or eight talks of the intro to crypto, intro to blockchain, intro to Web three, intro to NFTs, etc. But besides that, if you just go to YouTube, and now granted, there not everything is good on YouTube. Um, but if you go to YouTube and just type in what is crypto or what is Bitcoin or what is blockchain, you can have three-minute videos, five-minute videos, seven-minute videos that really give you the basic understanding. And that's really been, you know, much of the you know hundreds of hours over the past year and a half uh, that that I uh, have done. So I, I would just recommend basic Google's YouTube of of little introductory videos. There's a lot of free resources out there. In fact, there's so many, you, you, you're not even going to believe it. So so that's a good place to start. And then there's some good books uh, that exist out there. There's one called The Bitcoin Standard. Uh, that is a good book. One called The Seventh Property. That's a good book on Bitcoin. Uh, and But the resources nowadays are, are almost endless. So then if we are curious for more and we want to talk to people and meet folks, uh, tell us Tell us more about that this conference and uh, yeah, who who's expected to be there. Uh, and again, I know there's different tracks, but uh, what are some of the outcomes that you hope to, to see? Great. Um, so first off, if you're in another area, uh, obviously the live stream, but there are very likely meetup groups in your area. If you just type into any search engine, meetup and then Austin or meetup and and uh, Denver or you know Sioux City. Um, uh, you'll likely find people who you can start meeting up with. You have to be careful, um, especially crypto investing. Once you start dabbling in this, you start getting on people's email lists and they tell you the 10 coins that are going to 100x this year. That is a danger zone, danger zone. Um, my counsel, and I'm not a financial advisor, is you know just Bitcoin and Ethereum for now until you really, 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 really learn. And, and maybe just dollar cost average into them, you know, um, whatever you, your family can definitely afford, $50 a week, $20 a week, $100 a week, uh, something like that. Uh, and just dollar cost average, you know, every Wednesday at four just buys $20 worth of Ethereum. So um, in terms of who should be at the conference and who we target it and, and what's it going to cover, well, if, if I could snap my fingers or wave a magic wand, I would have leaders from every Catholic ministry and every diocese here because I'd like to get the structures of the church thinking. Uh, I will gladly take the uh, crypto curious, and that will probably be the better percentage of people, simply because uh, they often become active agents uh, in, in the Catholic world and in the world. Uh, so uh, we're, we're going to have secular financial advisors. Um, about 30% of our speakers are non-Catholic. Um, 
Uh, about 70% of our topics are pure crypto. About 30% of our topics are, are Catholic and um, technology and Catholic and crypto. So there's really something there for everyone. I think a non-Catholic would feel comfortable. If, um, we're going to have mass uh, twice on Thursday and, and uh, once on Friday, and I believe we're going to have adoration. Um, but those are those are for those who, who desire them and seek them out. You could come to the conference and just get educated on crypto and, and then walk out the door if you so desire. Um so uh, it's, it's for ministry leaders, the crypto curious, it's uh, for church leaders, um, it's for people who are responsible for P&Ls and balance sheets, and uh, because I, I do think it needs to be considered as, as an asset to, uh, to own, uh, Bitcoin in particular. But it's also for anyone concerned with evangelization um, and, and new cultural and technological shifts that can be used for the kingdom. Uh, that's why I would most desire ministries and uh, church leaders to be there uh, because they can influence policy in their own outreaches. And where can we go to get more information about the conference? Sure. You could go to catholiccryptoconference.com. If you type it into a search engine, I think we now come up to the top of the search. But catholiccryptoconference.com, just spell that uh, into a URL, into the bar at the top, and you'll come right to our page. You'll see an array of... uh, 30 plus speakers, again, about 40 different types of seminars that we're doing. I'm most excited, as I shared, about the strategy sessions. Uh, But we got some uh, really good speakers, and and I think people will be blessed. Plus, you'll be meeting people there. That's one advantage to coming there. We'll have booths, we'll have about 20 vendors. Um, Yeah, you'll meet people and you ask them, hey, listen, how do I set up a wallet? You know, I don't know how to do any of this. We are going to have some tutorials in the evenings of how to set a wallet up and how to get on an exchange and hand-holding types of things. Um, one particular college is even having a, um, uh, a, a section uh, on uh, help us build out you know, our crypto you know, and blockchain and NFT and Web3 department. So we're going to be helping people, and it's just going to be, I think, a really cool event. And remind me on the dates and times? Sure. It's November 17 and 18. That's a Thursday and Friday, Anthony and um, uh, Tyler. And uh, it'll be in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Uh, and it, it will be live streamed. So for those of you who can't make it, you can join us via live stream. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. What do you think would be next? Let's say uh, this starts to build momentum. Uh, is this? Do you think this can turn into an annual thing? Or what do you think will come of, come of the conference? Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit like someone asked me that yesterday, and I said it's a little bit like asking a boxer in the 11th round of a fight about his next fight. <laughs> and uh, so he's, you know, so I'm sitting on the chair in the ring, uh, tired and a little beat up just because these things are very, very big and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, tiring. But sure, I think after a month breather and, and bringing in some other, you know, counsel, I'm looking forward to some, having some outside. Uh, council uh, next year of, of some other ways to do some things. I um, I think we'll be ready for year number two. In fact, we already spoke about Austin uh, or Denver as uh, as possible locations. But don't let that discourage you from coming this year if you can. Because uh, here, here's what I think is going to happen, guys. I think people are going to see the videos and they're going to say, I I, I should have been there. I should have been there. And so uh, I encourage people to be bold and. Uh, What's the worst case scenario? You, you lose a couple days, um, you know, you, you lose, you know, a few hundred dollars of investment and uh, 
investment, meaning into the hotel and the ticket and airfare. Um, you know, maybe it's a thousand dollars, so that's not small. But um, I think it's going to be a special event. It's the first ever, and it's kind of cool to be able to say that you were at the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're really excited about it, and we'll make sure that um, listeners have the contact information on where we can go to learn more. Um, but otherwise, we just we just thank you for your time today. Anthony and Tyler, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. You are you are connected to the new evangelization, whether you overtly know it or not. It's all connected. It's all connected. And uh, thank you for the yes that you're giving, um, because it's going to come with some bumps and bruises. And and uh, but uh, it will all get very good if you just keep at it and cover it in prayer. And the Lord usually blesses that level of faithfulness. So I wish you the best. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. you have a great rest of your day. Very good. See you guys.